You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Breaking right now in the NHL world, the operations of the entire league will be suspended until after Christmas, starting tomorrow night after the Flyers vs. Capitals game. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 97, and man, we had the show prepped and ready to go and talking about a week ahead where you really had a measuring, a litmus test again, again. After a 10-game losing streak, now on a five-game point streak, uh, and it just blew up on our face. The NHL is going to be suspending all operations until at least after Christmas, so a little less than a week, a little bit more, or a little bit less than a week here. Uh, but they still will go on with the Flyers-Capitals game pending testing, so it could change by the time you're listening to this. Uh, I, I mean, Scott, let's get your instant reaction to this. This is... Uh, this is surprising, but not expected at the same time, I think is how I would describe it. It's just one of those things where you sensed it coming. You felt like they were going to try and make and just plow through all of this. But at the end of it, I think this is the right move to make it by the at the end of each day, especially because you have the Olympic break and all that. Yeah. And even then, those are in jeopardy now, too. The all-star game, everything like that. You, you got to. You got to wonder how much worse this is going to get again. I feel like we're back in March of 2020. It, it's it's a strange thing because now vaccinated people are testing positive. That's concerning, not just from a NHL level, but from a level overall that, yes, well, pe- it might keep people out of the hospital, which is a great thing. Uh, it's problematic that now a guy like Kevin Hayes, who's had the worst, worst luck this year, by the way, it's a shame. It's terrible. Um he's he's in protocol uh the flyers have a couple other people out on protocol and the whole team is vaccinated so that looks at me i look at that and say man like imagine the teams that aren't up to snuff with their vaccinations and stuff so how much worse is it really going to get from here i think this is a good move that league needs to do to try to stop the damage but it doesn't mean that players won't test positive over the holiday and stuff so i I think that this is only the beginning of it i think it's actually going to get worse than this yeah, I, I I come back to, like, if they're going to pause this thing uh, like they are, where they've are, according to Frank Saravalli, they're going to pause this thing after Christmas. They can start practicing again out on the 26th, that Sunday, so a week from yesterday. Um, and it's like, does yes or no, does that really sol- mitigate the problem that you're facing? Or... Because really, at the end of this, it becomes down to a money problem. And we didn't really touch on it. They're raising the salary cap next year a million dollars. A million dollars doesn't sound like a lot, but it's something for what we anticipated you and I to be a two or three year flat cap scenario. So it's a good sign that they're already raising the salary cap for the 2022-2023 season. Um, But I just I come back to what you were saying. Most of these teams are vaccinated, it seems. Um, and thankfully, none of these players are having any real issues when they are testing positive or put into the protocol. So part of me just kind of wants them to plow through. You kind of naturally have this break coming up anyway. So I think the league's just trying to take advantage of that, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Right. Uh, it's more right. But at the end of it, I think it's not going to matter. Like you were saying, I think like we're still going to be discussing this in mid January or whatever, and there's going to be cases. There's going to be players out. There's going to be so that you got at, at by the, what re, what it really comes down to is 
bag the Olympics, and it sounds like that was already happening anyway uh, for NHL players. Um, bag the All Star Game. I don't even know where the All Star Game it was going to be. You and I have talked relentlessly at length about how much of a joke the All-Star Game weekend and the entire weekend is anyway. So you can get rid of that and whatever. Like that, that yeah, you're losing Vegas. money. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is probably the worst yeah. place you don't want to have at the All-Star Game. Yeah. Like you can't have that in Vegas. You like you can right. you could do something. Like right. you can still name All-Stars, but you cannot you can't have an actual event and 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 the skills challenge and all that other crap that you want to do. So I think this is the right move, but at the end of it, I just don't, it's not going to be, I think we're going to still be where we're at right now uh, in three weeks or four weeks, whatever it may be. Well, depending on what happens to the Olympics, like you and I talked earlier, they'll open up some scheduling there for teams to be able to, you know, make up all the postponements from here. But I just, with the way things are going right now with this new variant now, that's, that's dominant. You know, people are getting sick and tired of talking about COVID. I'm sick and tired of talking about COVID. It, just, it, it, needs, to, it needs to end, but it's not going to end anytime soon. We have to learn how to live with it. But now it's the fact that everybody was, oh, once we're vaccinated, everybody's going to be fine. 100% vaccination, it's great. Now we're falling into a trap where it's like, oh, great. Now even people that are vaccinated are testing positive and we're having these all these blow-up cases and all the spread going along. It's not a situation where you can just shut it down for two weeks and call it a day because, you know, what are you going to do to do it like the old chicken pox way and get everybody infected and then everybody right. move on? Like, yeah. what are you going to do here? Like, it's going to, it's going to happen again. It's going to get messy for some teams. The Islanders, it's already bit them hard. So, yep. and other teams now are getting up to it. And at this point, they're that doing cross-border games. Canada's already knocked out uh, as fans. Look at Montreal. Yeah, the we Flyers just saw the Montreal week. game. Yeah. 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 And I think Ontario was talking about that as well. If they haven't taken that effect yet, yet they, they were discussing it recently. So, um that that's a that's a that's a problem that's a major major problem for the league because you're gonna have to you already had a condensed schedule to begin with now you have to spread that out now you have to figure out when these games are gonna be played when the arena availability is gonna be there with no olympics and uh if that's not gonna happen now there's so many questions up in the air it's like i think the nhl tried to do a balancing act and and something and, it, and it's it's actually starting to tumble now because yeah you were going to have an all-star game in an olympic season i don't think that's happened before if i'm not mistaken i don't think they normally don't have the all-star game when they have the olympics correct so now you're only not to condense your schedule for a two-week break for the olympics add in an all-star week and you still add in a bye week so i mean yeah they'll play two more games and shut down for three days but that's not really gonna do much so i mean Four days, you're going to find out when you come back when players are tested positive over the holidays. So I think this is a potential to get really, really messy and screw up the whole season as a whole and probably push the playoffs out further because the only way you're going to be able to make up these games is to push the season out further. If the, if the Olympics happen, you have time. If not, and players still elect to go and you still decide to shut down, you're going to have to push that out. You don't want to get into a situation like Vancouver last season where you're finishing up regular season games while the playoffs are going on. Like right. you're out of the playoffs. You're done. Your teams are done up there and they're still playing games while the playoffs are going on. You, you, you can't get caught in that situation. So the NHL's got to figure something out here and all sports in general need to figure something out because we're seeing how it affected the NFL big time. Yeah. This and, is not just a four, a one league sports league issue. Like this correct. is not, and this is not just a four league sports issue between the, in North America and the United States with hockey, basketball, football, and, and baseball back in the summer. I mean, yeah. this is affecting the English Premier League. This is affecting the German League, the Bundesliga. This is affecting all facets facets of sports. Yep. Nationwide, countrywide, or excuse me, uh, worldwide. The good thing is, and I looked this up because I remember it being being a sticking point for the NHL back in October, according to Gary Bettman. So take it how you will. I take yeah. his word for it on this. At the time in October when the season was about to start again. There was only four players in the NHL not vaccinated. Correct. Now we're talking about just the getting the booster rate up for this for these clubs. Thankfully, I think the last time I read, and this was probably early last week, maybe maybe Thursday or Friday at the latest, the Flyers were already above fifty percent booster rate, so they're getting it done. You right. saw Kevin Hayes get affected by it, uh, as you mentioned uh, in COVID. Uh, Will Willem, I think it was Max also Willem. Yeah. Max Willem. So, I mean, it sucks, but like 
it seems like the Omicron variant, and I don't want to get political, but it still needs to be addressed in some capacity. Uh, the Omicron variant seems to be this, this the, the the more transmissible, but more mild cases of disease for people to get almost like a flu type of thing. So, yeah. yeah, it sucks that it's spreading at a rapid pace and it's doing it at this particular time, but it might it might not be a bad thing at the end of this. It's just a matter of how long this is going to be. And I think because the vaccination rate of the NHL is so high and the booster rate is getting up to where it needs to be that, yeah, this could this is going to hurt the league uh, down for right now. But you hope that it's going to be done by January, mid-January. But again, that it's just something that we might be living with for this season and beyond for the time being. It's just one of those things. And we don't know how much the booster is really going to affect with mm-hmm. the Omicron variant. Like, you know, and, and it's yeah, the personal note. It's so friggin' annoying, dude. Like this is, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's exhausting. This is it's, it's exhausting. It's, 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 I'm done at this point. Like you want my honest opinion. I'm done at this point. Like, yeah. you know, we have to learn how to live with this damn thing. And I, I look, I, I, I understand that people aren't going to get vaccinated when to do that. That's fine. Vaccinated people are getting it. That's that's a problem in itself because you're spreading it to people who aren't getting vaccinated. You have all this all this mess going on, all this OSHA bullshit. You know, it. it we just want to get back to normal as quickly as we can. And I understand that with the whole reason why people are being precautious and are doing this is they don't want people to end up in the hospital and overwhelm the health system. That's the core reason behind it. But it's just annoying the fact that, great, we finally take a step in the right direction. We, we, we have a vaccine. Most people, not everybody, but a lot of people did get vaccinated. People do the right things that, and it still isn't going away. Yeah. And that's the part that's annoying because now, great, we're back to March 2020 where the league has to shut down again. They're going to run rampant where teams are going to get blown up like the Flyers did last season at some point. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to derail an entire team for the entire season. And is that really fair to them? Is that really fair to their fans? Is that really fair to the money of the people who pay for those seats in like Montreal and can't go sit in them after they were deprived a full season without it last year? Like, come on, man. Like, can we just get through this? Can people just be smart about it? And I understand the NHL is being smart about it, but enough's enough. I mean, we're all tired. We just want to do this and get back to normal. And right now with this, it just, it seems further and further away from happening than anything else. Well, let, let's to go to normal and, and talk about something normal. And I, I like this has been an enigma of a season for the Flyers. I mean, you're coming off a 10 game losing streak. You fire your coach after 10 or after eight games and, and you realize that it's over. And now you're on a five game point streak. You probably should have beaten Montreal. I think you can. They didn't play their best hockey at all. I thought they were very scattered. But I also think they didn't they were it was a weird situation because it was the first game suddenly because it was announced that afternoon they weren't going to have fans. It wasn't like it was leading up to this scenario where they had no fans. It was like the drop of a hat. The 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 Quebec, the the government of Quebec decided, no, we're 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 shutting it down. We're we're if you the game can go on, but you got to watch from your house. Yeah. So it's a weird scenario for the Flyers. It it's obviously a weird scenario for Montreal. Nobody played a good hockey game. That's why it ended up being a shootout loss. Uh, I disagree. I I I thought Caden Primo had a hell of a game. He played yeah. really well. He played real. Look, I don't think the Flyers played terrible in that game. They got off to a really rough start in that first period. Montreal's hungrier. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a change for them too. Montreal's which is a problem. For, yeah, which is a problem for a team that only has seven wins now. I mean, the Flyers are as as crazy as this is going to sound. The Flyers are in a playoff hunt suddenly, like because they they have a couple games in hand here. Uh, they've obviously a, they had two big games on this on the docket this week. Now, just tomorrow, pending any testing. I mean, Capitals. The Capitals are a great hockey team. They're the, the greatest, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, if not the greatest, arguably. Uh, greatest, the yeah. absolute greatest, yeah. But so it's just one of those. It would have been a nice litmus test to see where this team was to bag a couple of extra points, and now it's kind of like, what's the point in playing? Like, uh, if, yeah. if you're going to suspend the, the league, just suspend it starting tonight or whatever, or just do it now. Right. It's just, so, and I it, bet it, you because teams have already traveled, that's probably why they had the two on the slate for tomorrow. It's only two more games pending testing. Yeah. They probably have already traveled, so they're probably having those arrangements. And it's just why not? You're already here, get it over with. Yeah, and they probably. 
But going back and yes, talking about it, like I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, the Canadians, they had six wins at the time. I, I can't believe the Flyers lost to them. Yeah, they just come the Flyers just lost 10 games, four games ago, five games ago. So in a row. So it's not like they're going to be absolute perfect. Sometimes teams that aren't very good have good games if you're not putting your best foot forward. And the Flyers definitely didn't get up to a good start, giving up 20 shots in that first period. So defensively, they're behind the eight ball and they gave it away late. That's what it was. They had a chance to put it away. I thought their passes were crisper out of the zone. They were more organized breaking out. There were little things I saw in that game where I was like, this team is moving in the right direction. But sometimes you hit a good goalie. And Caden Primo yeah. played very, very well. Made a huge stop in the third period. I believe it was a Scott Lawton um, or Sean Couturier, one of the two. Um, and it was a great play, great save, bang, bang play. Sometimes you're just not going to score on a goalie. It happens if you see in the rubber wheel. So I, I really, they're, they're, what kills them is not getting the extra point in the shootouts. That's what kills them, and really, when it comes down to it. So it's not yeah. just, you know, hey, they lost to a six-win team. No, it's because they, a six-win team got them to a shootout where the Flyers are deplorable in. So they have to, you know, they, I willing to chalk up. We even called it last week. I said, you're going to drop one of them here. And they almost dropped it to Ottawa too, because that game went to overtime. So, yeah. you know, but they battled back in that one. They were up, they tied it, they went down, they battled back. And Ottawa always plays them tough. So, um, look, for this week, you have to take a look at the positive. You just came off less than two weeks ago. You came off a 10-game losing streak. You fired your coach. Like, massive changes are going on in the organization while it's going around. And since then, you ripped off points in five straight i yeah. mean you have nine I, points in your last in your last five games out of a possible 10 that's playing good hockey right there yeah and that brings to the question that i've i had earlier from last week when they did ultimately fire elaine Vigneault. did they wait a little too long i mean we're talking about two extra games but still you get acclimated in a quicker amount of time mike yo appears to be at least the guy according to because uh, according to fletcher He's not interviewing. He has no plans to interview. And I think that's fair. We both agreed with that, uh, especially after uh, my hot take of get John Tortorella in the room as quick as possible. Uh, blew up in my mm. face when he blamed about a fun goal that Anaheim scored. Uh, you can listen to last week's episode for a breakdown on that. Uh, wow, I was wrong. But like if Mike, yo, you, you can within two games of this club, if this hockey team playing under Mike, yo's leadership compared to Elaine Vigneault, uh, and he had some interesting comments, according to our fr friend of the podcast, uh, Sam Carcidi, That So we're going to discuss that on who he uh, blamed in Elaine Vigneault, that is, for his one of his one of the reasons for his downfall. But Mike Yo seems to have immediately gotten a jump out of this squad. Now, you could argue that that would have happened, whether that was Ian LaPerriere, Rick Tockett or Mike Yo behind the bench. But what I'm noticing is immediately that the defense is playing a completely different style of hockey. They're way more aggressive. They're not hanging back, and they're pinching at the right times. Every once in a while, they get caught, but that's part of the game in today's NHL, and that's going to be something you got to live with, especially with growing pains and all that. Like, what, what is it that Mike Yo is tapping into that Elaine Vigneault didn't, or is it just a matter of system to system that the Flyers are now under? more systematic it's more about being aggressive with the, against the puck carrier sometimes with a, a guy like Vigneault play it more safe play more systematically play more of like off the puck and, and not preventing the pass and trying to take that away rather than pressuring the puck carrier but you know and no disrespect to Liam Vigneault the game is played in small areas it's played where the puck is at yes the guy's probably open on the other side if you're skating around mm -hmm. the circle but the game is played where the puck is at if you're being aggressive and going after the puck, that's where you have success at. This team can be built for that. They have a they have very solid defense if and when Ryan Ellis comes back to this team. Who knows at this point? We haven't heard an update on him in a week. I was going to say, the fact that we haven't heard an update on Ryan Ellis' status, and now that we're going into a pause, they have more determination not to give us any update. Like This yeah. is going to be one of those things where maybe – february at this point oh like, i hope not that's we, a massive problem if they have it is they but i mean usually like we're at the end of we're at the end of december now like normally you start hearing like oh he should be ready to go in the new year uh january 7th whatever it may be uh but i mean we haven't heard 
squat about this guy. And it that is because I don't even know if is it a lower body injury or I, I don't even remember what they classified it as. No, and let me see. So let's see. They're when they come out of the break, they're hopeful that it'll be closer to playing. It's still a week to week situation. Whatever it is, it's that ridiculous lower body injury. They're so yeah. vague about the damn injuries. They've been Goes so pro- it's probably a knee. It's probably or his groin knee or something or his groin, like that. Soft yeah. tissue yeah. that's causing him issues to repair to get healthy. And look, you knew Orion Ellis is a good hockey player that yeah. like it wasn't a it was a risky move to bring him in. You Fletcher calculated the risk and right now it's blowing up in his face. And that's what's frustrating. It's, but if he gets healthy in January and he stays healthy the rest of the year, because that was the problem, right? They looked at it and they he got hurt early on. They rushed him back. He re-aggravated the injury. And now he's and now he's on the IR for whoever, however long. And that, that's so, why they, they put him to the rehab, let him get healthy. Look, when, if exactly. he's healthy, if you, if you wait till early January, that's going to be a huge help for this team because they won't have, you know, instead of having used Nate Sealer each game, you have Kyra Connaughton, who's there now. You can probably pull Keith Yandrew out of the lineup. I mean, Keith Yandrew's getting a lot more minutes than I think this team expected to play. Nate Sealer's been getting more minutes. They had yeah. to pick up Kyle Connaughton off waivers. Um, yeah, I, well, sadly, I think, sadly, the Yandel thing's also a pride thing because he's going for the Ironman streak. He's almost at a thousand games straight, straight of playing without missing one. And yeah, that's but he's what playing he's a lot going of minutes, for. though. He's a power play guy. He's playing a yeah. lot of minutes. That's the problem because you're trying to fill that hole. You're in the same situation with the Niskanen effect from last year. Like you're trying to fill that hole for Ellis. So you got to hope that Ellis gets healthy sooner rather than later because then you can balance out your lines. And that would be very, very good for this team because he's also a play driver. Because listen, as much respect I have for Ivan Provorov and how much his Iron Man streak is going on as well, he's not the play yep. driver yet that we thought he would be. So it, he's. I don't think he's ever going to be. I, I like. You I never think, know. You never I, know. I, maybe, but I think this. I think Ivan Provorov, who's a good defenseman, he's a good, good on the verge of great, not elite defenseman, but he's still sufficient to what this team needs. So but, but, it's not a. It's not a slight at him to say. no and i'm not saying it okay i think back to like the last time the flyers had that real good combination with chemo team and and um and brayden coburn mm-hmm. brayden coburn was not a number one guy when team was in the lineup when i was out of the lineup brayden coburn would be that one guy and it just didn't it didn't work for him i guess he's not he's not that guy he needs a good tandem he needs a good partner some guy there's very rare that you have a dominant number one defenseman like you know like a shea weber like or you know, going back to like um, an Alex Petrangelo, uh, you know, guys like that, you know, Aaron Ekblad, Subban, Subban, not anymore, but you right. But Subban yeah, in the day yeah, when he was correct. on Montreal or uh, yeah, or Nashville, so Nashville. Thank you. You, you don't have you, 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 you don't have that type of guy like Provov isn't there. He might be down the line, but he's still a younger player. We don't know yet. He's still he's still a younger player, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So having a partner like Ellis with him who's able to drive the play and jump into that play will likely give Provorov more opportunities. So um, that's really what the benefit of coming him coming back and getting healthy is. Um, <laughs> just you don't want to get a situation where he all of a sudden, hey, he's back. Oh, great. Now he's having two weeks again because he's got COVID. Right. So like you know, that's, that's the nerve-wracking part about it. But, you know, I think with this team, what Mike Yo is doing, is they're having him play much more aggressive around the puck. They're attacking the ball. And what I've noticed with the Flyers that they're doing, that they weren't really doing Vigneault, is they're just getting pucks to the net. Like, as simple as yeah. that. Like, you're just pushing the puck to the net, dirty but good. And, you know, I don't care if it's a sloppy goal. If it goes in the net, it counts just as much as a really, really fancy goal like Connor McDavid skating through four New York Rangers. They yep. count the same. So sloppy goals are just as good as skill goals. And the thing is – you generally get more sloppy goals when you're getting late into the season and playoffs and stuff, not to go down that line, but he's got them playing just aggressive hockey right now. Get the puck to the net and go after it. That's what I'm saying. They're being a little more aggressive on the four check, sending two guys against the puck carrier. They're playing a little more like that. So then their defense is being a little more aggressive as well. Yeah. They're going to get caught. Sometimes they're out of position. That's just part of the game. That's how it happens. You can't break down every little thing. But generally, I think this team is just playing the way that they're built to play. They're playing a little more aggressive rather than systematic hockey about being too preventative and not allowing the puck to go in the net rather than playing a little more wide open now, being a more aggressive. And their offense has clearly showed over the last couple of games, clearly improvement with, you know, they've only scored two goals once in their last five. Everything else has been more of that four, five, six, and four. So that offense is opening up a little bit more. You're playing a little more wide open. 
and that hurts you a little bit. So they're, you know, it looks like they're, they're giving up a three, no less than three goals a game and except against the devils, but that's, but you're still getting good thing. goaltending because Carter Correct. Hart's turning away 41 shots, 45 Correct. shots. Uh, uh, like Martin Jones, when he stepped in after the Carter Hart scale scare of COVID, uh, when you had Felix Sandstrom step up in emergency basis, thankfully Carter Hart's back. Uh, he, I'm imagining he's going to start tomorrow night against the Capitals unless he's not feeling up to it. Yeah, uh, me but I mean, Martin Jones is still uh, again, a hand up on me, proving to be a good goaltender, a good backup I goaltender. Told so, you. Yeah, but, I told you, but they're doing these things where, yeah, they're giving up three, four goals a game, but they're facing so many shots that they're, Correct. they're fine. It's Correct. not the end of the world. Yeah, and I agree. And that's that's the important thing is that, you know, you might win games like four to three. You might win games like five yep. to three, five to four. Like, yeah, and it's not really an indictment of your defense, but when you're getting a lot of rubber against you, that's probably what you need to do in order to get your offense going. If you're playing tight and still giving up that many chances, it means you're not pressing enough on offense. You're not getting enough quality scoring chances. So and the fact that they've they've changed it up a little bit just by playing more aggressive and just throwing pucks to the net. I've seen shots in the net where I'm just like, man, they wouldn't take that two, three weeks ago. They just they're they were trying to at one point against Ottawa, though, what they really need to do is that they need to know and get back to really playing that north-south style of hockey, which is really good for them because there's at points where they still try to play east-west. They're not an east-west pe- team. They're not board to board. They're not like, you know, a team where they can play. But they, they try to, to split become the middle. an east-west team because they're not fast enough. The problem has always been that they have not built the speed that we expected to match the rest of the league. And the and that's on drafting from Ron Hextall to, to Paul Holmgren and now Chuck Fletcher. I mean, Fletcher has obviously only had – one draft i think under his belt so two drafts under his belt so he needs to like he needs a little bit of time but the fact that they aren't a east west team to some extent not an exclusive east to west team but the fact that they're not good at all east to west is an indictment on how this team has been drafted over the over the last 10 years or so because it's 2021 almost 2022 and the game is played east to west not just north to south anymore and you're still behind the times it feels and that's a that's a problem that the the Flyers have faced for for nearly a decade no now. no no you're missing my point they can play east west and they definitely show that on the power play with the way they play around they play around the uh, yeah the but they need like to that. play it on 5 on 5 too not just I, east yeah I, Agree, but you also need to know what kind of team you're playing against, too. Like, mm-hmm. I was just dropping back or dropping four in the zone. You're not going to play East West against a team that's picking off four in the zone because guess what? You're off the rush the other way, which means if you're playing to the outside and they're boxed out the middle and you're throwing a pass across, it's picked off, boom, you got a non man rush the other way. Like, right. I know you kind of see that. And I'm doing it with my fingers. People can't right now. I'm <laughs> literally great. drawing it's on my finger. Great, great for podcasting. you. Nobody else can see it. Um, but that's the key is that you need to know what you're playing against. And if you're, if you see guys dropping into a box, you need to go to the net. You, you can't play cross ice. So they, that they can, but at some points they still try to play that and try to break it through and it doesn't work for them. So right. um, that that's the, that's, that's what I'm trying to say is that at some points they need to know who they're playing against. If the team's dropping into a box, you can't play wide open. Like you have to kind of tighten up a little bit. So there's a little things that they'll continue to work on. But so far, I mean, I haven't seen anything bad. Everybody wants to talk about how that Montreal game was a was a crapshoot. Yeah, it was a it was a weird game, but I don't think they played poorly. They had mm-hmm. a rough first period, but I don't think they played poorly. They almost won that game. They got it in a shootout. You can't tell me a team didn't play well and get that far into a game and almost win it. You just can't score in shootouts. Ottawa was kind of the opposite. They came out on fire, kind of tailed off in the second and, and third. They battled, yeah. yeah, and they battled back, and then they won it in overtime off a good play. So that you're you're gonna have those highs and lows. It's just that's that's how it happens. You can't expect this team to just be perfect like that. It's gonna take them time to really get going on what Mike Yo wants to do with them and put it all together. And they're still a flawed team. Let's for let's not forget about that. They're a flawed team. And and that leads into what I wanted to get to next because is there flaw at the leadership level? Now, I'll ask you that before I get into the point that I wanted to make here. And you know where I'm going with it, but you know. It's tough. I mean, and by the way, before you even answer, who are the leaders? Like, like I know we have the the guys with the C and the A's, but that doesn't always necessarily mean leaders. There's other leaders in the clubhouse as, as in the locker room that aren't wearing the A. Like, I think we said it alone. I think the culture itself has been a part of the problem for the last mm-hmm. decade. You know, like I said, ever since Mister Snyder died, the Flyers' culture has seemed to die with it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I think there's a lot of. 
And I know if you want to digress and go into the details of why we break it into this, but I think it's, there's people who take, when you say leaders, they, they, everybody has a different view on what a leader on this team is. Yep. And I think what clarification is that I don't think it's a leadership situation. I think it's a culture that's been adopted. That's not been what it used to be. Yep. And I think that's the major issue of why people criticize it. Well, why I bring it up is uh, earlier this week, a friend of the podcast, he's been on uh, at least once. You can go back and listen to the previous episode when he came on. Sam Karshidi, uh, he apparently, I'll just read it verbatim on, on Twitter. Got a message from AV that he doesn't plan to talk about his dismissal and what went wrong. My personal opinion, fine. I get it. I can. He continues, wishing him the best. His players stopped playing for him, and some of that is on him, but a lot of it falls on the team's leaders. The Flyers have had six coaches since 2013-2014. Obviously, that also includes the interim basis of Scott Gordon and, and, and the like. The problem I have with this, and look, I, it's not like Sam is stepping into the ring of hockey beat writing for the first time this season. He's been around for a long time. He knows the players. He's been through it, the ups and downs, just like some of these players have. But it seems like in the weirdest way, he has been, I don't want to say anti-Giroux, because I think that's unfair, but I think he's also been the most critical of the Claude Giroux captaincy. Like you heard, uh, I don't think it was this season. I think it was the season. No, no, yeah, it was the it was the season prior, leading into the to the bubble season, of how much longer Claude planned on playing. Like he directly asked him, and it really irked Claude Giroux. Like he was just like, Sam, I don't know what you're trying to get at, but I'm gonna keep playing as long as I can give myself uh, to this club and to the NHL and whatever. And it's and he it just seems like he enjoys twisting the knife any time he can to make Claude Giroux seem like the bad guy. Now, look, he's right to a certain extent. The players, you could tell halfway through that uh, eight-game losing streak under AV that ultimately went to 10 under Yo, they stopped playing for him. They completely gave up. They They walked out of the system. Whatever it was inside that locker room, that was it. I don't think that's just leaders. That that's a that's a culture thing. That like you were organizational. It's organizational. Organizational, and so I'll ask you: Is this Claude Giroux's fault, as Sam is trying to label it, as it seems, for the last decade, or we'll go with 2013-2014, so seven years? I wouldn't say it's Claude Giroux's fault. And first of all, let me state by saying I don't have an issue with Sam asking that question to Claude Giroux. And I know we brought we, you and I mentioned to talk about that a while back. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with the fact that he would ask Claude Giroux that question. That's a very pertinent question. You are the captain of a major hockey franchise. Are you going to be here next year? Are you going to play? Well, next it was year? Like, it was you... more about his age. Like he like it wasn't. Yeah, like, it's a big factor. He's thirty. He'll be thirty four years old next year. That is not young. That is not young for a hockey yeah. player. Like we're not talking about Tom Brady here. We're going to play to forty five. Yeah, your career is going to end at some point. And when you, especially when you start losing your wheels, like we saw that happen to Danny Briere. That's why Danny Briere was bought out. It wasn't bought out because he had a lot of term left on his contract. He's bought out because he couldn't compete at the NHL level as well as he was accustomed to because he lost the speed. Look at his numbers after he left here. It, he, he he went down pretty quickly. And it's just because it's age. It just passed you by. Father time, you know, that waits for nobody. It, you Father time always catch up with you. So that's a pertinent question to ask at 34 year, at 33, 34 years old. Yes, we're in 2021 and people are better conditioned than ever, but that is a pertinent question that Sam asked, and I have zero issue with it because, listen, you've taken a lot of bumps. You've played a lot of games, you know? But I, I, I say this. It's not Claude's fault. And Sam has every right to ask that question on behalf of the fans because that is the medium. And I think it comes back to this. It's not that it's Claude's fault. It's because it's been tolerated. It's because right. there have been massive changes to the coaching staff and the general management. And the one thing that has stayed around since the 2012-2013 season when Claude Giroux was handed the C, I'm sorry, now it was the, was the, um, 
uh, what's it called it, is Claude Giroux, like and and Jake Voracek, and they broke up that core. And even Sean mm-hmm. Couturier, Sean Couturier is part of this as well because he's been around since 2012. Let's not forget that he is he's part of that leadership crew. Yeah. Leadership it, it, by the way, like the way I read Sam's tweet, it in what uh, if he's quoting or whatever synopsizing uh, uh, Elaine Vigneault, he's blaming not just Claude Giroux but Jake Voracek and or excuse me. Um, JVR and, and and Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, and Kevin Hayes, one of those guys, yeah. Which is funny because he has an ex- he doesn't just he didn't just work with Kevin Hayes in Philly. He had him under his New wing York. in New York on, as a Rangers coach for a while there. So, like, I don't want to say that it's like Vic, not Vic. Well, I shouldn't say that, but I it's not. Um, pointing the finger like a weird he said she said between players and a former coach now in AV to other because we really don't know what the players thoughts are on AV because I think that's something we'll never know unless someone speaks on the record uh, to a well-respected reporter like Sam like I would like to know more what went wrong in the under the AV why did they stop playing for him why did it why does AV feel like he got uh, the short end of the stick because the leadership didn't fall, fall behind on him uh, or follow in the line for what he was trying to implement in the system. Uh, like, it's just one of those things where I don't think we'll know until something uh, comes out. And I just, I, I'm not going to hold my breath for something like that. No, look, sometimes it doesn't work. And let's be honest here. Let's go back and look at Claude Giroux since he's been on this team. I mean, uh, they, he, he was part of the 2010 uh, run, but really, let's look at Claude Giroux at when he, when Chris Pronger came captain. I'm sorry, in the 2011 2012 season when he really yeah. had the new core. When Giroux was the guy, Pronger got hurt that season. You know, ever since then, they made it to the second round of the playoffs. How many playoff series has Claude Giroux won as captain since he was given the C in 2012-2013? How many? How many? How many How many playoff series? One or two. One. Yeah. One. So, yeah, a lot of people are critical of Claude Giroux because of that. Now, right, but again, all- like, what is a captain supposed to do? We, we talk about how all the time that the captain C is way less significant than it ever has Correct. been. Like it, like it, it's just, it's a letter on your Jersey that someone else you can ha- talk you- to the referees. Yes. That's what it means. So, you can talk to the referees. Like what is Claude supposed to be? Like we're talking about how it's been an issue since Ed, Ed, uh, Ed Snyder passed away. It, it, like th- th- we talked about it last week, the ownership group doesn't care as much as we do about this franchise. Claude Giroux can have, by the, Claude, by the way, Claude Giroux is having a, a career season. Yes. He's leading the team in goals, assists, and points right now. So that's another thing for for Sam and and Av through Sam to say that he felt like the leadership stopped playing for him is complete bull. When half the leadership is putting up career numbers on their on their stats for the season, the fact that we're like it, it's just. It's mind-boggling to me that it, it, we look at this and just immediately just go to the top three players. Like it's easy to do that. That's very, very lazy. The fact that we're looking I and disagree. just, but it, but it, but it's it's just the ownership group has not cared about this franchise like you and I have about the guy that is sitting that has had season tickets for thirty years going to every game sitting in two twenty three and hoping that he's finally going to see a, a, a playoff run. The franchise has been rotten because they haven't built the right core. Kevin Hayes was one of their best signings, and he honestly, other than that first year with them, with us, hasn't played up to that contract in my eyes. So it, it's just, and again, that's leadership. Or, and listen, it, and it's listen. just how they have structured this franchise they, okay. from the draft so- on up. Let's take a step back for a second. They transitioned. The last leadership core of this team was Pronger, Richards, and Carter. That mm-hmm. was the last leadership core. Then they switched over to Giroux, Voracek, and Simmons. And then Simmons goes. Now Voracek goes. Now they're in transition. Flyers went through this years ago too, when like they when after the Lindros ordeal, and yeah. then Keith Primo took over. Yeah, and then they had to the change up there because John Leclerc was a bit older and wasn't effective and was injured a lot. So like. The, every once in a couple of years, you kind of need to transition your your leadership, and and that things get yes. Even though like the C is a symbolic thing because you can talk to the referees with that letter on your chest, you're still expected to lead those guys in the battle every single night to be that guy where you're the best leader on that team. Now, there's a lot of different leaders, a lot of vocal guys, a lot of different things, a lot of guys who lead by example. 
the key is is that I think that with the Flyers fans though, and I am I look, I look at this the way the team constructed, they're they're still underperforming. But I can see why people are frustrated in it because it's been like this for so long. There hasn't been that massive, massive trade. Yes, you brought in Kevin Hayes. You flipped out Claude Giroux and picked up Cam Atkinson. That gives you a spark. He's been playing really well the past couple of games, by the way. He's been so much burst of speed. Wait, did you um, just say they flipped Claude Giroux for Cam Atkinson? I'm sorry, uh, Jake Voracek for Cam Atkinson. Sorry, a Freudian slip. We're talking about Claude. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get it. You, you flipped Jake Voracek for you Cam screwed, Atkinson. You scared the hell out of yeah. me. I was like, who the hell have we been watching? Uh, yeah. yeah. 28's um, really looking like, what the hell? Anyway. Claude Atkinson. Yeah. Um, so Cam Atkins has actually been playing really well over the past couple of games. Kevin Hayes, look, you got to kind of give him a little bit of a little bit of a breather. Kevin Hayes is a it, Kevin Hayes is is a weird scenario. Obviously, not a it's weird. Very scenario. similar to what it's Keith tough. Primo went through twenty yeah. years ago, and, and there'll be some point where Kevin Hayes will be that guy. Where he'll be that you know one of those that you always need two good centers. He'll he'll fill yep. into that role. Once it's COVID, like his brother passed away this year. That is not an easy thing to deal with. He dealt with the injury right away. Came back for one game, got hurt again, was out for a while. You got to give him a little bit of time. Last season, I think he had some issues too with COVID as well. So, um, yeah, you have to give him a little time. Now, I'm not making excuses, but the thing is, fans are sick of it. They want change. The biggest yeah. change this team is going to have is by giving somebody else to see, but you're not going to do that as long as Claude Giroux is in this building. You're not going to do what the Sharks did and yeah. take it away from Joe Thornton or Patrick Marlowe and give it to Joe Pavelski. Yeah. You know, you're going to run a situation now where Claude probably, even though he's having a career year, he's in a contract year. So, yeah. I mean, it, there, it's that's not a, that's a coincidence. A yeah. I mean, it's not a coincidence that Claude Giroux is finally, or not finally, but putting up serious numbers this year uh, in his final year of a contract, he's either proving he's trying to make it very difficult and that's fine. Like I, I like he, I want him to make it difficult. I would like to see Claude Giroux play his entire year or excuse me, his entire career under the flyers banner. Like Correct. that's just what you, I think all fans should uh, one, like you can criticize Claude Giroux like we have been, but at the same time, you have to recognize he's the one of the best, if not the arguably the best flyer of all time. It's just one of those things that we're going to be. It's going to be a debate for the for the entire history of the Philadelphia Flyers until the next guy comes in and what whatever it may be. Uh, but at the same time, does this does this franchise like? Do they want to move on from Claude Giroux because they want a complete fresh start? They do realize that it wasn't just coaches. It doesn't, it does, it wasn't just their drafting system and scouting and all that. It wasn't just their free agent signing. It's their leadership. Do they really want to move on from uh Claude Giroux and slap the C on Sean Couturier and build a new regiment of, of leadership there? I culture think that's shock. it's a culture shock for sure. It's yeah, exactly. Culture shock. You you lose from a business perspective. The Flyers lose their biggest draw. But they'll find I mean, somebody else. They'll, they'll build around Carter Hart and Sean Couturier. That's what exactly. he's built around. I mean, think about it. You're in a you're in a unique situation where you can tell yourself and your fans uh, if Mike Yo doesn't work out or if he does. I mean, even if he whether Mike Yo works out this season for the remainder of the season or not, you can pitch to your fans. We are doing a completely New start, new head coach, new leadership, new scouting department. Like there is a scenario there. Just completely clean house. Let Chuck Fletcher build the squad that he wants. Because guess what? The team that he built in, in Minnesota right now is playing like a bat out of hell. They are in a contendership in the Western Conference all of a sudden after being labeled a disappointment for the, the last couple seasons at, uh, under Chuck Fletcher. So there is a there is a very odd scenario or a unique scenario here for Chuck Fletcher to say, I want new coach, new leadership, new captain, new draftings process, all of it. Yep. I don't this never happens. Like you get the new captain with the, the same coach for the last couple of years. You get the new coach with a new captain every like it's or excuse me, a an, a new coach with the same captain. Never. Right. It's very rare that you see both change simultaneously in the same season. I think it could happen this season because Claude is in a contract year and he's getting older. And I think there's a part of this, whether we bash the, 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 the ownership group or not, they would make a change like that because one, it would save them money because they wouldn't have to pay him probably six, $7 million a year, whatever the contract length is. 
see him run it back, see what happens. I mean, look, that's a, that's a, that's a not outside the realm of possibility. There could be also the realm of possibility. Like, you know what? We like Claude. We're going to keep him here. We're going to pay whatever we need to pay him. But here's, here's the problem that they're going to run into. And this is really a situation where it's like, okay, you, you really got to look at this. You can't play a play. You can't get into a situation where you have you Ryan Howard, a player where you pay him all this money and next year. Now, give me, I'm beginning to give an example. Is Claude Giroux worth $8.275 million or more on a cap hit next season? Is he worth it? And is he worth it at 34 years old, then 35, then 36? Right. Is he worth it at that age? That's something you have to take consideration. I guarantee if Claude does not come back next season, he'll sign somewhere else. He'll get obviously. He'll sign he'll sign somewhere else. He'll have a good spark and have a good season. And then you'll start to see, oh, wait, maybe the That's Flyers did get rid of him and the, yeah, the decline yeah. from there. It it's not a matter of if, it's when. We just we don't know how far away it's going to be. And that comes back to everything we just talked about with with, with Sam and the leadership core and all this stuff. It comes. He has. This is going to be the epitome. This season, or no, is going to be the epitome of what the Flyers' decade has been. If they Ooh, make the yeah, playoffs, yeah, yeah. And get knocked out early. It just hey, you know what? And they move on from Claude Giroux. The last Claude Giroux's career as a Flyers, you remember, as a guy who came in here with a lot of promise and didn't get it done. If by some miraculous miracle of whatever is out there. They pull what the Blues did a couple of years ago and suddenly turn around and go win the Stanley Cup. He will be hailed as the best thing that ever happened to this. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, if you really think about it, that notion of a guy that came in here with a lot of pl- promise and not, didn't get it done has been the mantra for all of the young guys and with promise for the Flyers since 1992. Yeah, like pretty much Eric Lindros didn't get the job done. He's beloved. Despite what happened, and Claude uh, will be loved down the line. He will be. Yes. People who do. Who, who, By the way, yeah. Let's not. Him. Let's like we all love Eric Lindros now. Let's not pretend from about like 2001 through 2007 he was not loved. He yeah. was not loved by yeah. this franchise. Yep. Maybe maybe by a small minority or a vocal minority, but for the most part. There was not a the, the, Eric Lindros was not beloved because he couldn't get it done. The same thing's going to happen to Claude. Yep, if he doesn't get it done, and that's 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 a big thing to think and about. That, and that sucks, but like that is again, that's not on leadership. Let's take back to the original point of why I brought this up with Sam, with Av and Sam Carcitti. Like they're blaming, you're trying to blame leadership, but the leadership and the same results have really been happening. For for thirty years, it's now. the culture. It's the culture. The culture. And but it's now, not that, now we're going back to now because I'm expanding all not the way. Not even 1992. Years. Not even yeah. Lindros. They're saying the culture of the last decade has been the problem. Not yeah. look back before then, before even the first lockout, before with Lindros also. The Flyers do everything they would do to to go out and get the players available. I remember when they threw all their chips in the hat for the 0304 season because they knew that lockout was coming. They went and got Tony Amante, who was a, who was a pretty really good player. He didn't do much here, but he was a good player. They went out and got and stacked up guys on defense who had names like Danny Markov, Vladimir Malikov, like Marcus, Ra- Marcus Ragnarsson. They stacked up knowing that this is our last chance. Away. We're going to throw all. I don't care if it costs $100 million. Throw everything you can to try to like, get a guy like Sammy Kapanen, who was kind of a star at the time, especially in Carolina. And you did everything you could to get those types of players in there. And it didn't work sometimes it doesn't and the flyers they they work very competitive up until they lost that last cup run when they yep. lost that cup run they have not been the same since there's been one play since then the shift in 2012 and they've been living off that ever since and that's not the game in it that's not the flyers anymore it's not 2012 it's not they beat the penguins and Sidney crosby in the first round of the playoffs in a wild playoff series it's been guess what Sidney crosby's won two stanley cups since then uh you know they they have not gotten it done. Yeah, they're they, it's it, Claude Drew will be remembered as a kid who came in here and was great and led this team for a very long time. But ultimately, it will be no matter what we know and know the fact it's not all his fault. It will be looked upon him about not getting it done. It goes back to the leadership because they've allowed that culture of six coaches 
without making any major changes. Yep. And a major change is not talking about getting rid of your best player, but making changes soon enough where you're actually rattling the core of your roster, which really, while you did, you really didn't because there's teams that can change yeah, out their whole half, leadership. They were half attempts. They were half exactly. attempts at a yeah, They were half attempts to yep. keep them. And to go back to the mantra about the, what this team has been for the past year, a couple of years, it has been good enough to keep you interested, but not bad to be completely out of it. So yep. that, 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 that makes the most money right there. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully, hopefully we're talking hockey and they're playing hockey after the Christmas break. They got one game on the week now. Uh, Capitals tomorrow night in Philadelphia. Enjoy if you're going to the game. I mean, Eagles game and the Flyers game. (laughs) 80,000 people at least at at the in the Wells Fargo's or excuse me, in the South Philly uh, Stadium complex. Enjoy. But hey, if you do not follow us on Twitter, you're going to want to do it now. Because on January 15th, we're giving away two tickets to join Scott and I at the Flyers game against the Rangers on 115. Go to our Twitter page at OBackCheck and you will see a pinned tweet at the top. All you got to do, retweet it, tag a friend you'll bring to the game with you and like it. And make sure you're following us. You have to be following us to, to, to win the prize. We will give you two tickets to join Scott and I on the Flyers-Rangers game 115 2022 it is a saturday afternoon game i believe yes. it is going to be a blast we can we would love to meet you guys the listener oh back check on twitter you'll see it right there at the top of the page it's pinned right there like it retweet it follow us tag a friend that's all you got to do and you're in it that's going to do it episode 97 make sure you're following us on all of that stuff twitter facebook instagram youtube tiktok all of it orange and back check at at uh, orangeandbackcheck at gmail.com if you have an email or if you have a question for us, anything. Whatever you want to hear. Hey, we might be doing another bracket of Seinfeld versus Curb for all we know. We might be going (laughs) back to the summer of 22. I hope not, but we're going to do it if we have to. Thanks for listening. Best logos since 1923. Best (laughs) hot jersey logos. Who had the best sweater since 1923? God damn it, COVID. Go away. Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. Happy holidays, everybody. Will you relax? I'm fine. You're not fine. Jesus, you're not fine. (laughs) Dude, bro. You all right, Dad? I came from the freaking loins. (laughs)